our exalted, humble King. We thank you for your humility taking on flesh. And because of your obedience, your Father has highly exalted you. This morning, be lifted high and exalted on the praises of your people as we thank you, as we look to you, Jesus, to see you and to savor you and be satisfied in you, Jesus. You have provided yourself for our satisfaction. Would you help us to be satisfied in you? Continue working now. Holy Spirit in our hearts. As we begin to hear the word, help us to exalt over the word, to worship you because of the word. Father, your word is truth. Help us to have ears to hear. And we pray for Pastor Rick that you would bless him, that you would anoint him as he proclaims your word and the truth in it. And help us to obey what it says and not be hearers of the word only, but doers of it. Enable us to obey your word. So, Jesus, it's in your humble and exalted name that all God's people say, amen and amen. You can be seated as we continue in worship. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Let's let's pray. Father, this is the season that has filled our calendars. It's filled with good things for the most part. We're busy. We're involved with family. We're involved at work. We're trying to get some deadlines done. But God, we pray that our schedules wouldn't push out the important. We pray even now for the next few minutes as we continue to worship you, that you would soften our hearts that we would see the birth of your son as something so miraculous, 
so amazing, so wonderful. Lord, would the wonder continue to capture our hearts? Nobody treats us like this. We are a group of obstinate people at times. We're a group that like our own plans and like our own ways and try to fit you in. But you are the king of kings. You are the savior of the world. You have given us, well, power over sin. You have paid the debt of our sin. You have satisfied the wrath of God, Jesus. And it all starts here in a manger. Lord, as we open up your word today, would you open our eyes? Lord, we know we're not the only church that is preaching from your scriptures. We know, God, there are so many other churches and other fellowships, and they're meeting in cathedrals, and they're meeting in basements. They're meeting on porches. We are just grateful, Lord, that that together we can honor you for all the grace that you've literally dumped on us. We pray for some local churches right here in the area, Lord. We pray for the chapel, and we pray for fears, and we pray for new hope. We pray, dear God, that you would use those pastors and those leaders to encourage the flock, and that your church would be bold. Teach us how to interact with neighbors and co-workers, and family members, and spouses. God, the enemy is at work, and the enemy desires deeply that, well, we become more and more selfish, and you desire that we become more and more selfless. So God, we pray that we would hear you. Lord, I'm so excited about the team downstairs and for the opportunity we have to be able to share with our kids and support our families. We pray that their words would encourage and strengthen our little ones. God, we still look around at our world and are confused. We ask you, Father, that you would Bring peace to Jerusalem. But God, we know there are so many other wars. There are so many other displaced people. There's so much injustice that is happening. So God, we ask that you would do your perfect work, that our faith would increase in you, not, dis- not decrease. Father, as we share a story today, I'm excited to encourage our people to trust you quicker and more fully. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. I welcome you 
at this special time, during this special season. We continue our series called The Songs of the Savior. It's, well, a time that we get to tell or retell the Christmas story. Today, we're going to be focusing on Elizabeth and Mary. We all know that Mary is a major player in this Christmas story. But we're going to learn today that Elizabeth also plays an important part. We will see how God's perfect plan for Elizabeth and Mary totally disrupted their lives. But they still trusted God. We will soon see how God's perfect plan for Elizabeth and Mary worked out so well. You know, each one of us, we hate disruptions, don't we? Or, or detours. Uh, but the problem is they happen too often. So let's begin God's story of love found in Luke 1 and learn how to trust God when our lives are disrupted. Now let me paint this picture. Months before an angel visits Mary, which we're going to cover in just a little bit. An angel visits Zechariah and actually changes an older couple's lives for the rest of their lives. If you would, take your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We'll be spending the majority of our time there. Luke chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen behind me. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start reading from verse 5. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children, because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside, praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. <gasps> Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born.
for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Luke describes a very old couple well beyond childbearing ages. He says they are good people who live a life of faith. They are folks that walk with God. We learn that Zechariah was a priest, a man of God. Yet in a culture that placed value on having children, they had none. I would imagine that life was good, comfortable, and normal for Elizabeth and Zechariah. And that they continued to pray about children, but they had accepted being childless. That was until Zechariah entered the temple sanctuary. All was normal in the temple until Gabriel showed up. (laughs) I can't imagine that. I don't know what that looks like. But but Zechariah was shaken, and the scriptures say paralyzed with fear. Never seen this. Didn't know this was coming. Then, if the presence of the angel wasn't enough, the angel's message had to put Zechariah over the edge. The angel said this, don't be afraid, old man. Well, sort of. God has heard your prayers. Elizabeth, your wife, will become pregnant and give you a son. Your baby's name will be John, and he will be great in God's eyes. He will make you glad and bring joy to everyone. Also, John will be powerful, a man filled with the Holy Spirit who will turn many Hebrews back to God and prepare them for the coming of the king. Now, if you look in your Bibles... No one knows the length of time that transpired between verse 17 and 18. But I'm assuming that Zechariah at least took a breath. And the next thing he says is, How do I know you are telling me the truth? Now, I I don't know about you, but have you ever said something? It just kind of came out of your mouth, and then a millisecond after it leaves your lips, you go, oh, I wish I didn't say that. I I actually think Zachariah was there. I, I think he thought a little bit. I think he had that question. I think it just kind of rolled off his tongue. But as soon as he said it, he goes, oh, boy. (laughs) Gabriel answers. He said, I'm Gabriel, and I represent God, and I speak God's words. So, 
you are not going to be able to talk until the baby arrives, until John is born. The scriptures tell us that Zechariah finished his service and returned home. Elizabeth, his very, very, very old wife, becomes pregnant. And she goes into seclusion for five months. Interesting, Elizabeth's response is, oh, how, how kind God is. We've been praying for this for a long time. I, I can't believe it. God is so gracious to us. But if we're honest, talk about some unexpected timing. God does give her John, but totally will disrupt her life. No one knows how old she was, except that she was very old. So to some of you, very old might be 30. Just kidding. But 60, 70, 80, 90? Let's put her up there. Like this is impossible. Now you can think of a few 80, 90-year-olds maybe, and they're spry and they're wonderful and, and you love having them around. But can you imagine them raising a child? I mean, they might do a really good job of it, too. I, I, I'm not even denying that. But the energy it takes? Oh, my word. Everything will be different. Everything. Now, I don't know what scripture came to mind to both Zechariah and Elizabeth. But I think this could have been one of them because we know they understood the scriptures. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, the prophet Isaiah says this, Don't be afraid, for God will be with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I bet both Zechariah and Elizabeth knew Scripture and trusted their God. But the thing I think we need to understand is, is that these folks from the very beginning knew that they were righteous. They listened to God. They obeyed God. And they were older. I got to believe that for years and years and years they had spent time in the scriptures and they had listened to God and they had obeyed God. And even at this time, for most of their life, God didn't answer their prayer. God, I, I want a child. They finally get a child. And Elizabeth responds, trusting God in the good times, getting actually one of her requests, but probably not understanding how this is going to look. If we're honest, Zechariah's life was also disrupted in so many ways. You know, I'm not so sure how often he got down on the floor with little John. I'm not sure if he could even throw a ball to little John, you know? But all I know this is that everything was different. God's plans often surprise us. 
And I love how God works in and through, well, folks that you would probably put on the shelf. Folks that, hey, you know, it's retirement age. Hey, they really can't make a difference. But God chose them to do an unbelievable miracle. I also know that God works in younger, which we're going to get into in a moment. But there's one other area. God works in those who are religious, who are going through the motions, and I'm not even saying they're bad motions, but they're the ones that listen to God for the most part. Maybe they're serving. Maybe they're comfortable. Maybe they know what to give every single week, and they just are doing life. And God says, hey, wait a minute. I need to shake you up a little bit. We're going to do something so amazing. Everybody's going to point to me saying, God's going to get glory. Isn't that cool how God, well, takes the glory and shifts it from us and receives the glory himself? Then Luke, in your Bible, you're right there, Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, describe when Gabriel visits Mary. So first it's Zechariah. And now here is the story so many of you know. But let's listen. You can, again, follow in your Bibles or look at the screen behind me. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more... Your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. It's so hard to imagine. You know, there's a 14, 15, 16-year-old girl back at that time uh, prepared, getting ready to be married. She's doing her normal, everyday life. Gabriel shows up. 
That alone would scare at least the liver out of most of us. And he starts off and saying, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Mary heard it. The Bible says she was confused and disturbed by the greeting. I don't think it was the Lord is with you part. I think it's greetings, favored woman. And she paused. She wondered. And I bet the angel's explanation, thank you, explanation cleared up some things but also had to make her jaw drop mary you will conceive and give birth to the son of god wow okay just you're you're watching all this you're you're seeing all this mary's trying to understand a little bit about this still confused she asks a simple question how how is this going to happen? This kind of goes against all the normal and natural rules. And the angel says, well, the spirit will come upon you. He will make this happen. And I am telling you, you can count on my words. Then this young teenager responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Again, you talk about unexpected timing for a young gal with her whole life ahead of her. Maybe if we were culturally relevant here, we could probably say, all right, let's picture someone who just graduates college or or someone who has worked on a degree Somebody who, again, uh, looks forward to a full life, excited to step out. And she gets news like this. Now, again, in our culture, being pregnant out of wedlock is not such big news. But as soon as she begins to tell somebody, um, by the way, um, I am a virgin. Uh, The Holy Spirit came upon me. And my baby is going to be the son of God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going to make a phone call right now. Because something is a little wrong. All right. Her whole life was going to change. And if you even go back to that time period, it would be worse. She would be shunned. She would, at least in some circles, be stoned to death for unfaithfulness. She responded, I'm sure, not knowing all that would be different. But she did say in faith, I'm all in. If this is what you want, God... I know life is going to change a little bit, but oh my, she had no idea of how things would change. Then a few days later, this is so cool, we were able to literally uh, video Mary herself with her friend Elizabeth. Let's go back and see what happened. Heaven and nature sing. 
Joseph's life was absolutely disrupted by God's plans. But then came some encouragement. Encouragement from an older lady that was just months ahead of Mary on this journey. If you have your Bibles open, once again, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. 
And we're going to start reading in verse 39. Luke 1, 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You're blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Elizabeth, who had been dealing with this disruption for at least six months, she had found God faithful. And she encourages Mary. This older woman helping a younger. The experienced helping the inexperienced. The Bible actually calls this community. It is doing life together. So many times I have, well, the opportunity as a pastor to hear people's stories. Sometimes they're hard stories. Sometimes they're, they're grasping for hope. Hoping that in some ways I might be able to wave some kind of a magic wand. But the truth is, I often go back to Scripture. I I focus on promises. We look. But one of the questions I usually ask is, are you in a community? What does that mean? Are you in a small group? Do Do you get together? Do you do life with other people? Well, no, I come to church. and But the bottom line is this is that, yes, we can always find support. We can always find encouragement. But there is something about doing life together in community. And this is what was happening right here. Hey, I'm an old lady, and I'm not supposed to be having a baby. And you actually are a virgin, and you're not supposed to be having a baby. Let me share with you how faithful God is. I think another promise that probably came to them, I I don't know for sure, but at least this one came to me in this situation, and it's Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 29. And Isaiah shared some of God's promises. And, And he said this, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall into exhaustion. But those, Mary and everyone else, who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amazing how God's words give perspective and hope. When we teach from the scriptures, when we encourage as we get together with different groups or as we encourage each one of you to spend time with God, it is the scriptures that will give you a correct perspective of God. I'm so amazed as I open up the word every day, 
that God supplies what I need that day. I am so grateful that we have the Word of God. Something special did happen 2,000 years ago. It did. There's no doubt about it. But God is still the same God, and God is still doing something in and through His people. Those that go to God for help, those that open up His Word. And He's still in the business of disrupting our lives. Oh, it's so hard at times. God used untimely events, things that disrupted the lives of Elizabeth and Zechariah, of Mary and Joseph, to bring himself glory. In fact, as I look throughout the scriptures, I see that everyone benefits when people obey their God. 2,000 years later, we all have been benefited by their obedience because we get Jesus. In John chapter 3, verse 16, <laughs> it might be a verse that every one of you know by heart. But what a verse to focus on. For this is how God loved the world. He gave us his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. There's hope, and you will have eternal life. You see, my friends, there is joy in listening to God, in obeying God, in saying yes to God, in trusting God. You may not always agree with his plans, or his timing, or what he's trying to teach you. But you know what you can confidently say? God, I trust you. Your track record is unbelievable. It is. You are faithful. I don't deserve that. And actually, you don't either. But somehow, God says, I'm going to walk with you. There is joy. The king has arrived and will make all the difference in our lives and in our world. Let's pray. Father, it's hard sometimes to understand your plans. There are small times in our lives that, that we actually think we know better than you. But God, you love us. You care for us. Your word is true. And you are faithful. Lord, I'm so glad that that I'm one of your kids. And the offer is to everyone, anyone that recognizes that they've been separated from God, recognizes that Jesus came as a babe eventually to be put on a cross to pay the penalty for our sin and satisfy God's wrath. 
God, that wasn't easy for Jesus. Your plans are best. Would you help us trust you and grow our faith? We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.